The Old Testament reading is from Acts, the 20th chapter. Now from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish the course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that none of you among, the, among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all of you, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way we must help the weak and remember the, Lord's, the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from Revelation, the seventh chapter. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels were st standing on the throne, and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them in, with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The, sh the sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The gospel reading is from John chapter 10, beginning at verse 11. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord, and I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's message is the gospel lesson that I read to you just a few moments ago, but I want to highlight these words of Jesus. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. This is our text. Please be seated. In the name of Jesus Christ, our living Lord, dear fellow believers in Christ, in her book, Splashes of Joy in the Cesspools of Life, the late Barbara Johnson writes, I ran across an article entitled, Who Mothers Mothers? That's a provocative question. It certainly isn't her husband. He has his own schedule and responsibilities. Who mothers mothers? Well, it certainly isn't the kids. They're the ones who get up every morning to determine to prove that motherhood is definitely not for wimps. Well, then who mothers mothers? Well, Johnson responds, well, mothers, other mothers, mother mothers, of course. A mom understands when another mom needs a break from from carpool crazies. She understands when she needs a listening ear or just the discretion to look the other way when the kids go temporarily insane at the supermarket checkout counter. We try to put hurting moms in touch with other hurting moms so that they can find comfort and help and growth and improvement. Often it's best to find a solid Christian woman, a Christian woman friend, to listen to you ventilate and release your pent-up emotions. And then you will find that you will begin to get well. You'll be comforted. It really works that way. Barbara Johnson certainly has a point, doesn't she? While husbands may be sensitive to the needs of their wives, and while some children, especially growing children, may be a real support to their moms, Christian moms, in fact all Christian women, need fellow moms and other spiritually mature women to mother one another. But I would suggest that there is also another one who mothers mothers. And the answer, if you've looked in the bulletin at the title of this message, you'll see what I'm saying. The Good Shepherd, Mothers, Mothers. The Good Shepherd, Mothers, Mothers. Moms, when you are overwhelmed and exhausted and hurting, remember that the Good Shepherd takes you into His arms and He protects you and He comforts you. In Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 16, our Good Shepherd says, I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. 
I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. Parenting can be tough. No matter what our age, no matter what the age of our children. Our homes may be filled with the activity of infants or toddlers or teenagers or young adults. Our children may be in their 30s, their 40s, or 50s, or maybe even 60s. And it doesn't really matter their age. With every success of our child, we cheer and wave our flag, and with every disappointment, our heart may bleed for our child with regret and sorrow and remorse. Yes, parenting can be tough. Parenting can also be exhausting, especially when we're trying to do it alone. And we might even be a single parent even though our spouse is still with us. And in such circumstances, we try to be both mom and dad to the kids, and the dual role is draining. Parenting is not only tough and exhausting, parenting can be heart-rending. It can be heart-rending when we watch our children make boneheaded decisions that cause self-inflicted pain and may even damage their future. We want to fix our problems, but we're helpless to do so. And our children may not even want our assistance. Heart parenting can be heartbreaking. Heartbreaking when we invest our lives in them only for them to later tell us that they don't want us in their lives or they reject their upbringing. Parenting can be filled with grief. Grief when our hearts desires to have a child and we're physically unable to do so. Parenting can be a bust, especially when we're the recipients of bad parenting. Parenting, being family to one another, is not for wimps. Most moms and dads and children have wounds or scars from that which we call being family to one another. And this morning, to those of us whose hearts are bleeding with regret and sorrow and remorse, to those of us who are exhausted of bearing the burden of parenting alone, to those of us who are heartbroken by the boneheaded decisions of our children, to those of us who have been on the receiving end of poor parenting, to those of us who grieve the death of a child or the desertion of a child, or the inability to birth a child, our Good Shepherd promises, I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. Have you ever seen the painting in which Jesus is carrying a lamb in his arms? That lamb is you. That lamb is me. He holds us in his strong, supportive arms, and he invites us to vent. He invites us to cry on his shoulder. He heals our broken hearts. He heals our broken hearts by assuring us of his love and of his understanding. He replenishes and renews our strength for parenting through the refreshing waters of holy baptism where he reminds us that all of our sins are forgiven and when we're nourished by the meal of his body and blood where again he assures us that we are loved and forgiven by him and he strengthens us. Our good shepherd sympathizes with our plight. He understands it 
and he encourages us through his instructive word to keep on parenting, being a mom, being a dad, being a son and a daughter. As the Good Shepherd mothers us with compassion and love and understanding, we in turn are better equipped to mother mothers and to mother other people in our lives. For as we live in Jesus' love and forgiveness and with His understanding and compassion, He fills us with patience and understanding and compassion and a listening ear and empathetic heart. These are the things and many others that God works in us and through us so that we can mother other mothers and we can mother other people who are in need of Jesus' love and care. There's a Jewish proverb that says, God could not be everywhere and therefore he created mothers. Well, while we know that that is bad theology because God can be and he is everywhere, Our good shepherd does strategically place mothers in this world, doesn't he? And other spiritually mature women. He places them strategically into our lives so that their patience and their understanding and their compassion and their listening ear and their empathetic heart can be brought into relationship, into the relationship they have with people in their lives. And so moms when you're overwhelmed and you're exhausted and you're hurting, remember that the Good Shepherd has you in His loving and protective arms. And moms, when you are overcome with guilt, your Good Shepherd reminds you that He has laid down His life for you. Being a mom or a dad, or a son or a daughter, makes us acutely aware of our sinfulness I mean, moms and dads know how to exasperate their children. And in turn, children know how to push the buttons, driving their parents right to the limit of their patience. I mean, being a mom or a dad can be so humbling and even humiliating because we see so starkly our shortcomings. I mean, I have often said that the most difficult thing that I do in my life is being a father. To my children. I mean, most of us have some regrets about what we've done or have not done as a parent or as a son or a daughter. We may be haunted by choices that we made for our children, choices that we thought at the time were good for them, but in hindsight we recognize that maybe those choices weren't always the best for them. We may be horrified to think of what we said to our son or our daughter or to our mom or our dad in the heat of an argument and we wish we could take back those words. But we can't. And we may entertain misgivings over a failed marriage which means that we're carrying the burden of being a single parent. And the list could go on and on, couldn't it? About our failings, about our sins that we commit as mothers and fathers and sons and daughters. But to the guilt-laden moms and dads and children, our Good Shepherd says five times in our short text for today, He says five times, I laid down my life for the sheep. I laid down my life 
for the sheep. Five times. And he says in verse 18, No one takes my life from it. I lay down my life on my own accord. There was no gun to Jesus' head that forced him to die on that cross for our sin. He does not act out of guilt or remorse or as payback for some failed deed. No, our good shepherd lays down his life for us on his own account. And simply because he loves us. Simply because he desires to have an everlasting relationship with, with us. Simply because he desires that we live our lives not in guilt and shame, but in peace. In peace. Knowing that our sins are forgiven through the blood that our Good Shepherd shed for us on Calvary's cross. Our Good Shepherd mothers us by assuring us of his love and forgiveness when we recognize and feel that we have failed in our calling. It's this word of forgiveness that mums share with other mums. It's this word that we share with one another as we deal with the failings in our life. That we can look into one another's eyes over a, the kitchen table or wherever it might be and announce to one another, yes, you have failed. I hear your sorrow. I appreciate your grief. But Jesus laid down his life for you. Give him your shame. Give him your guilt. He died for you. Oh, what a difference that word of forgiveness can make in the lives of a mother and a father and anyone else for that matter. As Christians, moms and dads, we speak and we live our Savior's love and forgiveness in our home, don't we? Yes, we have sinned against one another, but as followers of Jesus Christ, we forgive as He forgives. How many times as a, as a parent have, have we said to our children or shown through our actions, I love you, I forgive you. How many times have we maybe looked at our children and said, you know what, I've sinned against you. Will you please forgive me? And how many times have our children maybe looked at us and said in their own way or said, said in their own actions, you know what, Mom, you know what, Dad, I do love you. I do forgive you. Maybe it was in an embrace. Maybe it was with a card. But the love of Christ can fill our homes, and it does, as we share that word of forgiveness with one another. How many times have we as parents sacrificed something for the benefit of our children? Someone has defined a mother as a person who, seeing there are only four pieces of pie for five people, promptly announces that she never did care for pie in the first place. Now, for pie lovers, that's a great sacrifice. But as parents, are we not prepared and willing to sacrifice even more for our children 
if we're required to do so. And we willingly do so because we know that Christ sacrificed for us. Patrick Morley, in his book, The Man in the Mirror, tells about a group of fishermen who landed in a secluded bay in Alaska, and they had a great day of fishing for salmon. Unfortunately, as they were heading home, the seaplane only got a few feet off the, off the uh, ground before it crashed into the sea. And the aircraft began to sink into the icy water. And the three men and a 12-year-old boy named Mark, the son of one of the men, jumped into that icy water and they began to swim toward shore. And the riptide was strong. And the two men, two of the men, made it to the, to the land, but they were utterly exhausted. And when they looked back, they could see that the other man, who was also a strong swimmer, had not swam to shore because his son wasn't strong enough to make it. Instead, his father, with his arms around his son Mark, was swept out to sea. This father chose to die with his son than to live without him. There's a fact that, of life that most of our children do not really know or appreciate until they have children of their own. And it's this, that we love our children so much that we would die for them. And there's a little known fact or an oftentimes forgotten or maybe unappreciated fact. Jesus, our good shepherd, loves us so much that he did die for us. Our good shepherd did not mother us by merely exposing himself to the dangers of death. He did what no other parent has done or could do. He died in our place so that Satan is defeated, our sins are forgiven, and everlasting life in heaven with our Lord is ours. And moms, when you are apprehensive about letting go of your children, the Good Shepherd assures you that your children are in his tender care. Martin Luther said, one of the greatest privileges of being a parent is teaching our children who the Good Shepherd is so that they will know of his love and protection. Luther writes, and I quote, one of the best things in married life is the fact that God gives children and commands us to bring them up to serve Him. To do this is the noblest and most precious work on earth because nothing may be done which pleases God more than saving souls. If the need were to arise, all of us should be ready to die in order to bring a soul to God. So you see how rich in good works the estate of marriage is. God lays souls into the lap of married people, souls begotten from their own body on which they may practice Christian works. For when they teach their children the gospel, parents are certainly their apostles, their bishops, their ministers. As you see, as moms and as dads, we teach our children to know the Good Shepherd, and more importantly, to remind them that they are known by Him. I often marvel how a mother can be standing in a crowded room with buzzing with the buzz of voices and the cries and the shouts of numerous children. And yet a mother will often know the cry or the laugh of her child. 
Well, Jesus knows the cry and the laugh of his children. He knows, the, he knows his sheep. In fact, our good shepherd knows our children better than we do. And he never grows tired of mothering them, of shepherding them. And yet, what are we prone to do? Barbara Johnson says, we cling to our children if we're afraid to trust God with them. In verse 14, the good shepherd does say, I know my sheep. I know my sheep, he says. The good shepherd knows our children. He knows when they wake up. He knows when they go to sleep. He knows when they're playing on the playground. And you know what? He is there. If they're at a weekend party, he is there. If they're in surgery, he is there. If they're depressed and exasperated with with life, he knows and he is there. If they're in the midst of seeking a spouse or forming a family, he is with them. He is there. If our children are experiencing marital problems, he's there. If our children say, ah, who needs God? And they walk away from him, he's there. He is there with them. As lambs who are known by our Lord and who rest in the loving Savior's arms, we can entrust our children into the care and protection of the one who created them in their mother's womb. We can entrust them to the one who gave his life for them. We trust the good shepherd who says, I know my sheep. No one will snatch them out of my hand. There is no one in this world, there is nothing, no one in this universe that loves our sons and daughters more than God himself. So who mothers? Mothers? Jesus Christ, our good shepherd, does. On this Mother's Day, I pray and I thank God for all the moms who are in our midst. I thank God for all the moms who aren't here. My prayer is this, that the good shepherd would continue to mother you as you dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.